Rev it up and welcome to Cars Yash on number 2,436. Buckle up because today we're going drag racing. Vintage drag racing. Oh boy, hold on. And be prepared to be inspired. This is Cars Yeah, where you'll enjoy interviews with inspiring automotive enthusiasts. Mark Green is here to provide you with a fuel injection of automotive inspiration. So get in, sit down, buckle up, and get ready for a wild ride here on Cars Yeah. Hello, inspiring automotive enthusiasts, and welcome to Cars Yeah. Today I'm in SoCal, uh, where I grew up, beautiful Orange, California, with a very special guest by the name of Frank Lockridge. Frank, welcome to Cars Yeah. Do you have any gear, and are you ready to release the clutch? Thanks, Mark. I do have it in gear. Hopefully, I don't pop the clutch and drive through the garage door like I did when I was 14. Well, when I was, uh, I think I was about eight or nine, a friend up the street got a mini bike. Of course, you remember those. Absolutely. And uh, I jumped on that thing to take it for its first ride, went jamming down the street, full throttle, throttle cable broke, full open, went down the street, through an intersection, and right into a guy's garage door. So I know all about hitting garage doors. Well, not to one-up you, but I did the same thing on a Vespa, except I ended up in a cactus. Oh, ouch. So we've learned about <laughs> yeah. clutches. Come yeah. a long way. I survived those two. I haven't had any more. Uh, yeah. Keep your fingers Keep your fingers over the clutch lever and the uh, brake lever at all times uh, when you're on a bike. And uh, if you're on a go-kart, know how to cut that thing off. Cut the power off. Yeah. Right? Hopefully, hopefully, you know how to slide it sideways, if nothing else. Well, yeah. That would be even cooler, but I wasn't quite that cool back, back then. So. <laughs> Comes with experience. Yeah. How I survived without a helmet on my head. I don't know, but, uh, you know, we were tougher back then, I think, as part of the gig. So before we dive into what brought you and I together, what's one little thing that maybe people don't know about you, Frank? Well, the good thing is that most people don't know anything about me, so this should make (laughs) this pretty easy. Okay. Kind of a point of pride that a lot of people don't know is that my father was a ceramic artist and sculptor. And so I, I grew up in this great household where we had an eye for design and we had a huge workshop. And so I could go out and try to figure out how to build whatever I wanted. Well, that's cool. My father did a lot of ceramics. He was an architect, but he also was an artist and a painter and did a lot of ceramics. So uh, we had a wheel in the garage and awesome. a little kin, uh, kiln, uh, but it was always super fun to uh, to make things and do things. And I'll tell you, now that it's Christmas time, I always pull out this little mother and child Christmas thing I made for my my parents, which they duly gave back to me. So maybe it wasn't that great, but uh, I always remember those good times with my dad. So um, yeah. Yeah. It's funny when your projects come back, eventually <laughs> your parents get tired of having that stuff on the shelf collecting dust. I have a few knickknacks of my own. Yep. Here's your mug back. Thank you very much. You can, <laughs> you can enjoy it. Give it to your kids now. So cool. Well, let me introduce you here. Frank Lockridge has been a hot rodder and custom car enthusiast since he was a small boy. His interest was cemented when his father took him to the Daryl Starbird Rod and Custom Show in the 1980s. Frank grew up playing in his neighbor's Gassers and Street Rods, as well as his father's 59 Chevy Impala. How cool is that? When the traditional hot rod movement gained momentum in the early 1990s, Frank was there to live the experience. He participated in shows and events and eventually fell in love with the Dry Lakes era of hot rodding. Upon meeting his friend Chris, the two began to revive the Southgate 
Gators, a club of which is Chris's father was a member uh, back in the 40s. Chris still has the Pile Special, which was one of the original hot rods of the club. And today, Frank and the Gators SCTA are dedicated to building and growing the hot rod spirit by producing period hot rods and hosting events, including an upcoming event on Saturday, December 9th, titled Bias Ply Drags at the newly minted Street Legal Dragway in Paris, California. We'll learn a lot more about this drag racing cars and a lot more fun, but first a word from our sponsors, so give them a little love. We'll be right back. Buckle up. Very good. Years ago, when it was time to renew my collector car insurance policy, my carrier's rates went up, way up, but my usage was the same and I never made a claim. I didn't even have a ticket. So what's with that? So I turned to American Collectors Insurance. Has your collector car insurance recently raised your rates for no good reason? Tired of paying an annual membership fee? Then it's time to look around and call American Collectors Insurance. I shopped around, I asked friends for recommendations and found a winner that I can trust. And boy, I'm glad I did. I saved hundreds of dollars every year and slept better at night knowing my baby was properly insured. American Collectors Insurance have been protecting vehicles since 1976. They provided me with an agreed value insurance policy backed by their history of taking great care of their clients. What could be better than that? So give them a call and ask for a quote today. 866-ACI-YEAH. That's 866 224 9324 and protect the ones you love like I did with American Collectors Insurance. Classic car insurance designed by collectors for collectors. For several years now, you've heard me talk about Linkage Magazine. I've been a subscriber since the start. They're talented and creative team brings you a spectacular publication and website that shares the automotive passion from a worldwide perspective. Linkage is about driving, restoring, collecting, and firsthand experience at collector car auctions and more. They bring you real-world values plus rational, experienced opinions on the current markets. They cover the automotive world and the people who share our passions. And Linkage Magazine has grown, mailing you six issues annually. Join me on this journey with Linkage. They're geared for the automotive life. You can subscribe at LinkageMag.com. All right, Frank, so we are back. So obviously your dad was the catalyst for pushing you or showing you this wonderful world of old cars. Can you talk a little bit of how this has had an influence in your life? And then I want to get into what pulled you and I together today, and that is this Bias Ply Drags event, which sounds like a whole lot of fun. Yeah, the hot rod experience and the early days of hot rodding, there were remnants of that around the house. You know, my father had been a, a front engine nitromethane dragster pilot in the early 60s up into the 70s. Uh, and he gave that up because going through the traps upside down at 200 miles an hour with a couple of little kids wasn't as much fun no, as he had signed up for. I don't think so. Uh, wow. So, you know, there was, but there was still bits and bobs and pieces laying around the house. So I was probably one of the only kids who was reading Carcraft magazine from the late 1950s while I was eating my cereal and watching my cartoons on Saturday morning. So <laughs> these things always kind of stayed in the back of my mind. But there was, you know, a spirit about the whole thing where it's limitless. You can do whatever you want. If you have two hands and you want to accomplish a task, you can just set to it and you're going to make mistakes, but you're going to learn from that. And so when it finally came time for me to actually drive, that's what we did. We found a car that I could rebuild 
that I could make my own. I didn't want to drive the Ford Explorers that most of my friends had anyway. I wanted something that was cooler, that had more style, that had a little bit of power and, and you know, had that burned gas smell as you're driving down the road when, <laughs> oh, you're, yeah. when you're burning low octane. Nothing's better than that. And so we, we found a 41 Plymouth and that's what we did. Sounds like fun. Now, I mentioned in your intro, reviving Southgate Gators. Tell me about that. Yeah. So fast forward to my, my late 20s and I was working at a, a closed down military airstrip that they were turning into a park and a museum and whatnot. And so I had already developed this real passion for the Lakes era because that Lakes era is exactly what we're talking about. You get these guys that are coming back from World War II. They want to go fast. Sorry, train. Ah, sounds like the uh, Southern California train that flies up and down. The Surfliner, that's surf the one. Surfliner. Sur- I should have known that, being a past surfer. <laughs> that's a nice bit of ambiance and a little bit of memory. Right. I'm at the Burbank Airport right now, and they like to honk just to get on my nerves, I think. Maybe they, <laughs> maybe they want to drown out the sounds of the airplanes. Anyway, going back, let's, uh, let's backtrack. So I had already fallen in love with the Dry Lakes era, as we mentioned earlier, because that was exactly the sort of mentality that we were talking about earlier. You had these guys come back from World War II. They wanted that excitement that they were that they were used to. So they were pulling old cars out of the junkyards and, and they were making them go fast. And out at the lakes, you have plenty of room to do it. So everybody knows it was a popular trend to start hot rodding after, after World War II and taking it up to the dry lakes. Being that that's so visceral, if you will, it's really something that somebody can get into if they have a, a bit of creativity and a bit of drive and a mind of their own to go out and, and try to do this. And so it's very easy to romanticize that. And so I was already into that. One day I was at work and this little raunchy 29 Roadster with this big exhaust pipe comes pulling up and all kinds of noise. It was in primer, leaking oil all over the place. Of course, you know, my jaw dropped and I forgot whatever I was doing and wandered over to that thing. And it, it was my friend, my now friend, Chris Eichert and I started talking to him about the car and the car had a I noticed it had a timing tag on the dash timing tag said uh, something to the effect of 115 miles an hour in 1947 whoa so not bad for a four banger car right well yeah <laughs> so we got talking and the car was his father's cousin's uh, cousin's car Ray Pyle and it was originally built in about late 1945, when, Pyle got, when Ray Pyle got back, they lived in Southgate. And so in Southgate, you had a couple of prominent automotive businessmen. One of them was Red Schlimmer, who was a, a, a motor builder, uh, a garage guy. And then you had Emil Dietrich, who owned a, a car dealership. And so the two of them had approached the SCTA, the Southern California Timing Association, about joining the association and racing their cars out at El Mirage. Eventually, they got accepted, and since they needed a name, they were from Southgate, so they called themselves the Gators, which is why it's spelled Ah, I got it. Okay, E-R, yeah, I get it. (laughs) No crocodiles or alligators involved. Correct. This car had been disassembled and lived in Chris's dad's garage for at this point, 60 years. And, you know, Chris had played in it. They'd always talked about getting it together. But as his father's health started to to decline, Chris decided he would put it back together so that he could take his dad for some rides before, you know, the inevitable happened. And that's what he did. So this car got 
brought back together out of parts. And of course, these projects are never done. Not when it comes to hot rods. Not never, not at all. So it's been continued on in the restoration process. And of course, you know, life has happened and whatnot. And uh, there had been a few of us who started getting together to celebrate the Gators and to relive the experience, go camp at the lakes and whatnot. But, you know, divorces, kids, et cetera, things kind of stalled out. And so during the pandemic, everybody was at a position to where a lot of the stalled projects that we had, it was time to put them on the front burner instead of the back burner. Yeah. And so we, we got together and we said, let's, let's do it. Let's make it happen. We're going to revive the Gators and we're going to get out and we're going to do the hot rod things that, that we want to do. Nice. Well, and that leads us up to this upcoming event on Saturday, Bias Ply Drags. Now, when you and I first spoke and I learned about this, I went, so you're racing old cars on Bias Ply tires? Hold on. Whoa. But sounds like a really fun event. And it's taking place at, as you described it, the newly minted street legal dragway in Paris, California. Yes. Yes. So for those of us who are into what they call traditional hot rods, we have what the mainstream media likes to call lifestyle events. So we're not doing anything new, but we are doing it a little bit different. The Bias Ply Drags is a, a new take on some of the other events that have happened in, in the area where they have a flag person and you're racing hot rods. It's a great time, They're wonderful events. But typically those events have been limited to cars 1936 and earlier. And so going to those events, a lot of my friends that had the 49 Ford said, I wish there was an event for us. And so when my friend said, man, I wish I could run my shoebox at this event, I thought, well, there's no reason that we can't do that. So developing this brainchild between me and, and my club members, my club brothers, it, ha it just so happened that street legal dragway, a gentleman named Andy Morocco, opened up uh, late September at the Paris Fairgrounds with a 16th mile course fully sanctioned by the WDRA uh, to help to eliminate the street racing problem. So he, he pulled this course together to you know get street racers off the street, give them a safe alternative and whatnot. And I said, well, look at that. There's a, there's a track. It's local to Los Angeles, Orange County, Riverside, San Diego. Everybody's about an hour and change drive from this. This is great. So I went to talk to him and I said, hey, you know, I've got this idea. I would like to race hot rods and customs on your track. And I, I was getting ready. I was getting ready to have to explain the whole thing and go through hot rod history. And he looked at me and said, hey, that sounds like fun. Let's try it. <laughs> Easy peasy. <laughs> All right. Uh, and so now we're off to the races. So we started talking about it. And we came up with a date. I wanted to get it going. I wanted to do it before somebody else had that idea that we wanted to put together this event. As you know, December in Southern California is beautiful. So the, the thought process here is that we're going to have this drag race and we wanted it to look like the hometown tracks of the 1950s like santa monica or sagas or pretty much every town near los angeles had a drag strip in the 50s and uh, when you look at those drag strips you see the photos it's not relegated to roadsters only you'll have lots of beautiful hot rod roadsters but you'll have a stock 1954 Ford with no hubcaps out there next to a blown 32.5 window, and they're, they're going down the track. So that's what we're, we're doing. That's what we're emulating with this. We want to bring the fun out. We want it to be an event that everybody can participate in, with parameters, of course. And so that's where the name Bias Ply Drags came from. 
you don't have to have bias plies to run at the drags, though most of the cars will. You can have radials, but you're going to want to see them on stock steel wheels or chrome reverse wheels or a, a period correct wheel so that you really get the, the feel of what was going on. The idea to name it bias plies is because you have traditional hot rods and you have the people who hang out in the traditional hot rod scene. They have a definition for what they do. And then you have customs and you can either spell custom with a C or a K <laughs> and they have an idea of what they do. And then the additional fun aspect to the hobby is that a lot of the people who are younger, who are getting into this traditional type of car scene, they're buying stock vehicles and they're taking them out and they're enjoying them as they are with you know some little modifications. Sure. So there's no reason that your 55 Chevy four-door can't pull the hubcaps off and go down the track against somebody's 27 T coupe. Yeah. So it sounds like there's going to be a wonderful uh, combination of a lot of variety of vehicles and things here. And uh, do you encourage people to come dress kind of period correct too? I mean, I want people to be comfortable because we are starting at about 2 p.m. And it's going to go into 8 p.m. or maybe later if we're still going. So, you know, once the sun goes down, it, may, it might get a little chilly. But uh, if you're comfortable, uh, dressing in the vintage stuff, great. If you'd rather wear a Dickies jacket and a ball cap, that's fine too. <laughs> yeah. um, there are some of the other events out there that are very specific for the photo opportunity to have people in, in the period stuff. This is not one of those events. We're all, we're all car people. We kind of all dress the same anyway. Sure. So Yeah, that's the way it goes. Where can people go to learn more about this event? Well, we're on uh, we're on Instagram. Okay, it's uh, biasply.drags on Instagram. Uh, check that out because that has photos of all the cars that are participating, and it has um, uh, enough information to to really get you get you jazzed up. But to go and register to sign up for the event, you want to go to streetlegaldragway.com. That's streetlegal dragway.com and then go under events we should be the second one down you'll actually see the gators logo which is our alligator with wheels and a flathead header coming out the side <laughs> nice uh, that's so that's where you sign up that's where you can participate it's 60 dollars to race or show um, because if you're going to have a car inside the perimeter the insurance covers it the same whether it is a race car or a, a show car at this point so you don't have to race you don't have to get on the track and come out to have a good time. You can bring your cruiser and we're going to park it trackside so that you can sit in your car and you can watch the races just like it used to be. It sounds like fun. I would encourage those of you who can attend this, bring your kids or bring a kid from the street who maybe his parents aren't, he is or her parents aren't into cars, but bring a kid to go out and experience this because it really is a spectacular history lesson. Uh, for everybody, but especially for kids to see cars that they probably have never seen, maybe haven't even seen on the street, and if they've never been to a car show, uh, certainly haven't experienced them. And my experience with all these events is people love to let kids sit in their cars. They love to talk about their cars. So it can be a big family event, which sounds like a wonderful way to spend a Saturday in Southern California in December when uh, it's warm and, and beautiful, right? You're 100% right, Mark. I couldn't have said it better. We always talk about the future of this hobby and what we're going to do. Um, my nine-year-old is coming out. He's going to be uh, taking pictures and maybe selling T-shirts, but he loves it. And the the kind of attention and response that he gets from the rest of the people is very, I think, 
very healthy and I'm glad that he's involved in this because exactly what you said. When somebody who has restored a front engine flathead powered dragster sees a kid and says, hey, come sit in this, put this helmet on and, you know, make the room noises. Yeah. Everybody loves it. it it's, it's great for everybody. And those are memories that are going to last forever. So, yes, absolutely. Bring the kids. This, uh, this is the perfect event and this is the perfect community. To, to do that sort of thing. Oh, absolutely. Super welcoming. You know, obviously your dad was the influencer in your life and a huge inspiration. When it comes to putting on a new event like this, I would assume maybe you bump up against a few challenges here or there. Uh, is there one that kind of stood out for you that you overcame, but maybe you didn't even expect? I, uh, I think that the short window was our biggest challenge for this oh, one sure. um, to, to get the word out and to get people to the track because, you know, it costs money to operate the track. So getting the car count to that point where we can cover the track in a three week window has been the biggest challenge. So what I found was the people in what we'll call the bias ply community, because that kind of encompasses the hot rods, the customs, the stock cars, and anybody else that has a car old enough to have had bias plies on it, is very excited to do things and is very supportive of events that are for them and understand that we're just car people putting on a car event for other car people. And so the, the response that we've gotten and the help that we've gotten to promote the event from some of the folks who are still paying to come out and have a good time has been, has been phenomenal. And I can't thank everybody enough for helping us to make it happen in such a short time. And I just want it to be something that everybody has as good of a time out of it as they've put into it. Absolutely. Well, you know, as you know, us car folks, we love to help other car folks. And when you reached out to me just a few days ago, and then you said the date you're having, I went, oh, because I'm usually have shows already booked, done two weeks ahead of time. I went, well, I'll uh, move somebody forward and slide you in so we can get the word out because uh, I really appreciate it. Yeah, we love to help people here. Now, I know that uh, when it came a time for you to have your own car. You found a 41 Plymouth in a barn, I believe. And That's you, correct. you set out to work to make that your first car. Tell me about that ride. It was an actual barn find. We drove by, there was a, a large metal barn, a fellow who had had a, a trucking repair service at one point had just off the highway. And I drove by it on my way to school every day. And so I think I was 14 uh, we drove by and the door was open and there was this nose 41 Plymouth sticking yeah. out. And of course, at this time, I, I was already at that point where I was peeking in people's backyards and looking in their garages and, you know, turning over every rock to see what old cars I could find. So when I saw that just a mile from my house, I got pretty excited. So um, over the next few days, this car kind of started coming out of the barn a little bit more, a little bit more. And then one day it was parked out front and the barn door was closed. So we stopped and uh, we took a look at it and it had originally been black with the mohair interior, bone stock car, except there had been some holes in the roof of the barn where the sun had burned uh, the paint away uh -huh. to expose red primer in, in, in certain areas on the tops of the curves, the tops of the fenders and whatnot. Yeah. So anyhow, we, uh, we got talking to the owner, and he was willing to let it go for a, uh, a grand sum of $800. <laughs> Bonus. <laughs> right. Well, you know, it seemed like a lot of money to a 14-year-old kid. Of course but it was, yeah. Nonetheless, you know, we got it. We got it home. It had a little bit of rust in the floor behind the driver's seat, 
and then uh, it had some some odd things like a cut fuel line and whatnot. So we replaced the fuel line, put a battery in it, new carburetor. Sure enough, fired right up. Pretty simple. Now, is this a? Uh, I think if I, I'm trying to remember those cars, they had special deluxes. They also had P12s. They had four door, two doors. What what body style is this? That was a special deluxe coupe. I, I guess it would have been a business coupe because it did not have a back seat. Oh, oh, that's right. Yeah, those cars were made for the traveling salesman, right? To yeah, drive around yeah. and put his goods in the back and yeah. And it had about uh, six feet of trunk, which, uh, side story, I tried to sneak one of my friends out of high school in that trunk one day. <laughs> Not we into had, the drive-in? <laughs> yeah, had, well, you had to have a pass to get out of school and we really wanted to go to Taco Bell. So he climbed in the trunk and we got caught. But nonetheless, uh, yeah, it was a great car. We got it running. I never did uh, I never did get it restored or anything to that effect, but that was that was the first car. And of course, you know, driving around on, on country roads in a 1940s car, it, nothing beats it. Yeah, you know, I'm thinking back to high school, and I was in high school in the 70s, and there were a couple people that had 50s cars, but it was pretty rare to see that. Uh, but I remember there was one kid that had a 40s car, and everyone's like, what is that thing? And I remember going for a ride with him, and yeah, it's this big steering wheel and bouncing around, and like, oh my goodness, but uh, super special cars. And you've seen some of those turn into some beautiful resto mods and hot rods and all those kind of things, so it's perfect for your event. I want to... Uh, uh, crawl into your head a little bit here, okay, and get get a little deeper into understanding who you are. Play car psychologist. If you were reincarnated or manifest as a vehicle, what would you be? But more importantly, why? Well, I've been waiting to answer this question for a long time. <laughs> Good. So I'm so I'm glad you asked. Uh, I would be a 1955 Powell Sport Wagon. Oh, okay. And why is that? Well, so the Powell Sport Wagon was a Los Angeles-based company who had made scooters. They decided to to try their hand at making an automobile, and they made what they called the sport wagon, but was actually a pickup truck. And so they built the pickup truck right here in Compton. They used the chassis from retired Los Angeles taxi cabs, which happened to be 1941 Plymouths. Okay. So this car is made in L.A. It's on a 1941 Plymouth chassis. It's big. It looks like a steel stamped toy of the time. I was going to say, it looks like a Tonka toy. I had a blue Tonka pickup truck and it looked just like this, especially with the yes. way the front end looks like it was like those little toys had the metal piece with the folded flap metal pieces. <laughs> right. It's very odd. Right. Now, did yours have the, the pull out tool tray that came out of the, the yes, or, you, exactly. or will you have? I guess you didn't have yeah, one. Absolutely. But yeah. Absolutely. Okay. So, and that's, that's one of the other features about it that uh, I relate to. So the, the vehicle is built for utility, Yeah. but it has the locking tube that comes out of the right side of the bed, Yeah. which you can use for tools or uh, you can put your fishing poles in there or you can put, you can, you can hide other stuff in there. And then when it's closed, the, the unindoctrinated don't know that that's a compartment. So <laughs> yeah. the vehicle is founded on a 1941 Plymouth. It's built in Los Angeles. It's kind of square. It's utilitarian, but it's got some tricks up its sleeve. Yeah. When they also made the pickups and they made kind of like an SUV version. Right. They called that the station wagon. The Very station wagon. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. It looks like a big SUV. I love it. Well, you're the first uh, Powell Sport Wagon. Here on Cars, yeah, so uh, another first there. Very, very cool. That's a, that's a bucket list item I can check off, too. I always wanted to be the first Powell Sport Wagon yeah. on Cars, yeah. Yeah, well, there you go. You are there. How about a great book that you'd like to share with our listeners? I'm going to cheat a little bit here. 
there's a great book called The Birth of Hot Rodding, and it's not so much a a, a textbook, a book that, that is something you're going to get enveloped reading, but it has a couple hundred Kodachrome photographs of the early lakes period. So if they say a picture is worth a thousand words, these pictures are worth 10,000 words because you really get an idea of what it was like at the lakes when you see it in color photographs. Um, the, the colors of the cars, for one, there seems to be a refinement in traditional hot riding to where everybody has come to a point where all 32 roadsters were black and they were all high boys. But if you look at these old pictures, that's not the case. You find you find 32 roadsters that are turquoise and channeled and the doors have been cut out like European sports cars or they have big puffy interiors <laughs> or crazy things going on on the motor, different types of uh, supercharger setups and whatnot. But then you get, you get a good idea of, of the people as well. And so if you look at the people, you see a lot of them are wearing military surplus because it was durable or they had kept it from their time in service. Um, and And then the the wide shots it's just nothing but cars so you'll have there's these huge hot rod meets and there's thousands probably i i heard a quote that at one lakes meet there was twenty five thousand people whoa now and now on a lakes meet uh 250 people is impressive yeah, so yeah you know it's that's uh that's the number one book that that i would recommend but the second is not a book at all uh-huh so much as it is a diary. A diary? Yes, a diary. So you've probably heard of Wally Parks, yes? Oh, of course, yeah. So the Gators, one of the original members, and possibly our favorite original member was uh, Kenny Park. Okay. Kenny Parks was Wally's younger brother. So in doing research uh, and, and trying to get some more information on Kenny, Chris had actually reached out to Richard Parks, who is Wally's son. And Richard said, oh, you know, my dad kept a diary. He has digitized it, and he emailed it to us. Oh, wow. And it, it encompasses everything from 1930s up until the early 1960s. And he kept notes of all the meetings, and he wrote little things about all sorts of stuff. And there's questions get answered in that diary about hot rodding and, and the early days of hot rodding that have been a mystery for so long. Wow. One of them specifically has been the rule about the SCTA only allowing roadsters to run. There's been all this speculation about why why was it roadsters only in the SCTA? And there's a writing from 1946 where Wally Park says that coupes and sedans have gotten the bad name of street racing. So they're not allowed to come and race at, at the lakes, roadsters only, because the coupes and sedans were the hot rods that were out causing the problems, which... I wish there was more information on that because there is just general feeling that roadsters were the, the only hot rod of the forties and nobody hot rodded coupes and sedans, but clearly that's not true in Wally Park's own words. So to get a copy of that, you can look up Richard Parks. So he runs a site called the society of land speed racing historians newsletter. Um, if you type in Richard Parks and land speed, you'll get a couple of different hits. So anyway, there's a way that you can contact him. He's happy to send that information out. It is www.oilstick.com backslash sportsfans. Anyway, it's the Society of Land Speed Historians. Anyway, 
I would highly recommend anybody who is interested in hot rod history, give Richard uh, a call or an email, send him an email and see if uh, he's he's willing to share the, those those documents because um, we, we found a lot of information on the Gators just by hitting control F and typing in Gators and, and seeing the entrance that came up. So there's a lot of great, great information in there. And so I would, I would strongly recommend that because it gives a lot of insight and it, and it paints a different perspective of the, the early days of hot riding, actually all the days of hot riding. <laughs> and guess what? Richard Parks was a guest on Cars Yeah! this year, show number 2302. You can find that show on the Cars Yeah! website and learn more. So the ultimate drive here, I'm going to twist yours up a little bit. If I could give you any vehicle to take to your Bias Ply Drags event this Saturday, you can enjoy it on the Strip, which vehicle would it be? It would have to be the Reg Schlimmer Roadster. Reg was one of the founding members of the Gators, and you've probably seen this car before. It is the yellow 27T Roadster with the black flames that was on the cover of the very first Hot Rod magazine. There you go. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I love it. Well, that's going to sound like fun. So now I got to get to work. I've got a few days here to get that car to, to the track for you. <laughs> Holy cow. Jeez. Uh, yeah, I'll do my best here for you. Yeah, it's a, it's long gone, so it's going to take some fabrication. Yeah, well, the magic of cars. Yeah, we can do whatever we want here. So at least in my own mind. You've taken us on a fun ride, and I'm really glad we connected and that I could share this really spectacular event coming up. Could you uh, leave us with perhaps some words of inspiration or wisdom when it it comes to old cars, having fun with old cars, and attending the bias ply drags. I suppose that um, the the overarching thing here is that if you want to have fun with old cars, just go do it, mm. and then don't let people's opinions of you become your reality. I talk to a lot of people that, oh, you know, I don't want to go to this event because I don't have the right thing. Mm. Go to the event. Maybe your car is not allowed to get into that event. But that doesn't mean that you won't have a good time. That doesn't mean that you can't um, learn something. Also, yeah. if you don't have one at all and you, you want to get involved, there's plenty of ways to get involved. Go out. Uh, you can help people work on their cars. You can talk to them about their cars. Um, you don't have to have a car to have a great time with old cars. And I think that that's very important to impart on people who are who are brand new, who want to get into it, is that you don't have to be the expert right out of the box absolutely and again the best play for way for people to learn more about this event is what biasply.drags on instagram or streetlegaldragway.com there we go i'll put links to those on frank's show notes page here on the car show website in case you're driving or walking or having fun with an old car or under an old car as you're listening to this podcast i encourage you to check them out and i would assume in the future there's going to be more events, right? Absolutely. Um, we want to make sure that we, we have a good turnout in this event to prove to uh, track owners and sanctioning bodies and whatnot that there is an appetite for this so that it continues to grow. We have There is an event that my friends do. Uh, it's called RPM National, so I want to give a shout out to them. Um, clearly, there's an appetite for these things because we continue to do them. We continue to grow. Our idea is to have more events, and I would like more cars going back to the picture of the early drags in the early 50s in Southern California. I would love to see all the hot rods and the customs show up that, that are already uh, accustomed to this, that, that are, they're already going to be there. These guys are already, and girls, are already ready to go. 
So I don't have to preach to them. What I want to see is the people who have had a stalled project, um, anything that is pre-1960. And that means if you've got a, a Porsche 356 speeder, Speedster and you think it would be fun to go race against a shoebox Ford, I want to see that come out. I want to see the people that have the professional cars. I would love to see a hearse drag a, a 40 Ford coupe, you know, so... <laughs> The thing is that we want it to be encompassing to anything that may have had bias plies on it to begin with. Yep, it sounds like fun. You know, and looking back to my contacts, I want to do a shout out here to mutual friend Roman Barnes. Yes. He's the one that originally mentioned you to me a long time ago, Frank. So I'm glad we finally are able to talk in chat. So Roman, thank you very much. Roman's from Empire Autos. Empire Vintage Autos. There you go. Thank you, Roman, very, very much. Frank, thanks for being so generous and for sharing what you're doing with the Cars Yow listeners today. Until you and I talk again, I'll see you on Saturday, December 9th, at the Bias Ply Drags. Thanks, Mark. I appreciate it. You're welcome. Hey, guess what? Some of you regular listeners will remember back in 2019, I created uh, 10, 11 shows called Cars Yeah TV, where I went to some fabulous locations of past Cars Yeah guests, and we did a TV show about it. Well, they're up on the Cars Yeah YouTube channel. So go check it out at YouTube. Just type in Cars Yeah, and the shows will be there for you to enjoy. I hope you have fun watching. Today's vehicles are essentially computers on wheels, and it takes more than a wrench and oil to keep them humming. That's why Cars Yeah supports TechForce Foundation, a nonprofit dedicated to driving tomorrow's workforce of skilled technicians forward. Techs keep our cars, trucks, airplanes, and fleets rolling. Yet there's a massive tech shortage because many young people don't know it's no longer a blue-collar job. Today, it's a new-collar career. It involves computers, technology, it's in high demand, you get paid really well, and you can live and work anywhere in the country. I know you're passionate about cars, trucks, and motorcycles, and you can help pass that passion on to the next generation of techs so our rides keep rolling down the road. Visit techforce.org today and learn how. Thank you so much for joining us on today's ride here at Cars Yeah. Drive on over to carsyeah.com to find show notes and inspiring automotive fun. Download your free copy of Filler Up, a fun book filled with gorgeous photographs of fuel filler fun, including quotes from more inspiring automotive enthusiasts. Download your copy today and we'll see you next time on Cars Yeah.